0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. So, what do you think of this carbon tax? The Prime Minister says it's a moral and economic imperative.
2: So the very real question we have to face as a country is this: will we ignore what's right in front of us or will we act? Will we kick this can down the road yet again to be dealt with in another place or at another time, or will we show some courage and do what needs to be done?
1: So, the opposition, on the other hand, is calling it an election gimmick. Yesterday, the Liberal government unveiled its plans for the four provinces that said no to putting a price on pollution. And so on April the 1st, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Manitoba and New Brunswick residents will start paying a $20 per ton carbon tax on fossil fuels. So that will add about two bucks to a tank of gas, $8 to a monthly natural gas bill. But... We the people in these provinces will get rebates to cover these extra costs. The Liberals say some of these rebates will actually exceed those costs. They'll come at tax time and they'll either be added to your refund or subtracted from the amount you owe. Payments will be determined based on family size and people who live outside big cities will get a 10%. 10% 10% boost to account for higher reliance on fossil fuels. Just to give you an idea, here in Ontario, uh, it will. The Liberals say it will cost an extra $244 a year for the average family of four, and they'll get 300 bucks back, saving $56. So. Are they bribing us with our own money? Right now, we are going to Ed Fast, who is a MP and the Shadow Minister for the Environment and Climate Change. Mr. Fast, thanks for joining us. Uh, glad to be on your show. Okay, so uh, were you surprised by any of this?
3: Not really, because uh, the Liberal government is well known for being a tax and spend government, and this plan that they brought forward uh, is not an environmental plan. It's a tax plan. As you mentioned, it's an election gimmick.
1: And I said you're is, calling it an election gimmick. We are, <laughs> yes. I, but thanks for clarifying that. Uh, we
3: certainly believe it is l- an election gimmick. But here's the sad part of it. There's nothing in this plan that will actually lower emissions for two reasons. One, because... If you're taking a tax that is supposed to change behavior out of the pocket of a taxpayer, and then you're claiming that it's all going to come back, what is there to motivate someone to change their behavior? Secondly, and probably more problematically, most of Canada's pollution actually comes from our major emitters, the big polluters that have expensive lobbyists, expensive lawyers, and they have been exempted from this tax. They made a sweetheart deal with the federal government to actually have a much less strenuous plan whereas taxpayers they don't have those lawyers and lobbyists uh, working for them all they have is a conservative party that stands up for lower taxes and that will only support policies that actually measurably reduce greenhouse gas emissions
1: the government says it, it will change behavior and that, that it will um, help us get closer to our targets. Why do you say it won't?
3: The experience in British Columbia, which is my home province. In British Columbia, some nine years ago, uh, Gordon Campbell implemented a carbon tax, which was supposed to reduce emissions and was going to be revenue neutral. You remember that? right. Today, it is no longer revenue neutral. Those revenues go to general revenues of the government and are spent on the government's priorities. And secondly, the emissions in British Columbia continue to go up. So any suggestion that this plan is going to reduce emissions at a rate of $50 per tonne, this plan will not do that. Everybody, I think that looks at this with a critical eye will come to that conclusion and one other thing yeah um it is very much like a casino because in a casino the house always wins you're gambling in a casino you're giving money and you're you're betting money but at the end of the day the total amount of money the casino takes in far exceeds what they pay out same thing is true when government taxes they will tax you they will claim that they're giving you something back but eventually, uh, it all turns out to be a fantasy, and in fact, the government wins. It just has more tax revenues to spend on its priorities.
1: So, do you believe uh, them when they say that the rebates will actually exceed the cost for a lot of people? Uh, for example, in Saskatchewan, they're saying that the average cost per household in 2019 is $403, and they'll get back five hundred and ninety-eight.
3: I don't believe it for a moment. Here's why. Yesterday, when the Prime Minister went out and spoke to the media, he said all of the taxes we're raising here under the carbon tax will be returned to taxpayers. Then we got the backgrounder materials, and suddenly the background materials said, actually, most of the revenues will be returned to taxpayers. And we dug a little bit deeper, and we found out, oh, now they're saying only 90% will be returned to taxpayers, The remaining 10% will be spent on other government spending. So they are admitting in their own background materials that the tax that they levy overall will not return to taxpayers the whole amount that they took out of the taxpayers'
4: pocket.
1: Well, this only covers, well, that was my next question. So this was supposed to be a backstop, but it turns out that it's covering 47% of the country's population because people, uh, you know, I think that when they came to power, perhaps they expected more collaboration and cooperation. So what impact do you think that has, that that this, uh, you know, backstop is covering almost half of the population?
3: Well, I think the the effect of it is that across the com- country now we have a patchwork of policies that are intended to address Canada's environmental challenges, and the federal government's only approach really is tax, tax, tax. When you actually read their climate change plan, which I've read through many times because that's my job, you will say th- you will see that they admit that their plan is going to require even higher carbon taxes in the future. All we've heard is about the $50 per ton that we'll be paying in 2022. Right. Uh, What they have not said is what happens after 2022. They have signaled very discreetly in their filings with the United Nations climate change authorities that, in fact, they expect they're going to be ramping up that tax. And economists generally agree that for a carbon tax to be effective, it has to be between $200 and $300 per tonne. Now, you think about how much that's going to impact the lives of Canadians. The gasoline they pay at the pump, the home heating fuels. Coming from B.C., in B.C. already, we have the highest gas prices in the country, $1.61 per litre. And the government has admitted that this carbon tax is going to add another $0.11 per litre So the price of a tank of gas. There is no good news in the announcement that we heard yesterday.
1: Uh, What about the effect on competitiveness?
3: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. If we're talking more broadly about positioning Canada's economy to be able to effectively compete within a global marketplace, which is fiercely competitive, especially when you look to the South and what the Americans are doing. Americans have no carbon tax. They're actually getting rid of regulations that have hampered uh, resource development. And we in Canada, we're jacking up taxes, we're adding more regulations. Our economy is becoming among the least competitive amongst the OECD countries. And let me add this, over the last three years, we have seen an historic flight of investment capital from Canada, much of that back to the United States. That does not bode well for our prosperity going forward.
1: Yeah, but do we want to be uh, like uh, the Trumpian United States with no regulation or much less regulation? Is that what we're aiming for?
3: Absolutely not. We, we don't want to follow a Trump approach. But what I can tell you, that prior to the next election, we will be releasing a detailed and comprehensive environmental plan And that plan will not include heavy tax on him, but it will be a serious plan that preserves Canada's competitive advantage within the global marketplace.
1: Uh, This seems to be shaping up into, I would say, the major election issue for next year. Uh, It was no accident that the Prime Minister came to Doug Ford's backyard to announce this. What's your take on that
3: Well, we would gladly make the carbon tax an election issue, and we're prepared for that. We believe that Canadians understand that when governments tax, they're simply raising more and more revenues for governments to spend on their priorities. And there's a very clear distinction between the Liberals and a future Conservative government, and that is that Conservatives believe in reducing taxes on Canadians. In fact, over the 10 years, that we were in government, I was very privileged to be part of that government, we reduced the overall tax burden on Canadians to its lowest level in 50 years. We expect that when we uh, become government, we will again embark upon a process to make sure that our economy remains competitive and that the tax burden on Canadians is lowered.
1: Okay. Ed Fast, thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, people, uh, before we hear the other side from the Group Environmental Defense, I'm going to take a couple of calls. We've got Michael on the 401. Hi, Michael. Hello there. You're on the How air. Are you? I'm fine. You're on the air.
4: Oh, well, isn't that wonderful? I see the uh, carbon tax as a very cynical attack on the underprivileged, the lower class, in fact, it's nothing more than class warfare. That's what it is. How they want so? to keep they want to keep the poor poorer. They want to make sure that when a guy is commuting to work, he has to pay a few more cents per liter for his uh, the gas in his tank. They want to make sure that consumer goods rise in price due to the increased transportation costs. The carbon tax will affect an entire spectrum of consumer goods and make life more difficult for the underprivileged. It's it's so cynical. It's it's positively evil.
1: What and do you what I, do you think but, about those rebates? They say they're going to give you back more than it costs you. Do you believe that? Well,
4: I think that's an out and out lie. I don't see how they can do that. I mean, after all, in order to manage their so-called carbon tax, their war on the underprivileged, they've had to hire a whole bunch of civil servants and pay them accordingly. So, it's a it blows my mind that they would even entertain something like this. And more to the point, who's really causing a lot of the global warming? Brazil, Indonesia—they're clear-cutting rainforests. They're impeding the Earth's ability to take in carbon dioxide and turn it back into oxygen. It's—they're uh, barking up the wrong tree. And Trudeau, coward that he is, has not got the guts to admit that he's wrong.
1: Okay, Michael. Thanks for that. Welcome. Let's go to Doug and Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi,
4: Libby. How are you?
5: Good. Uh, Just two points. First of all, I'm not an expert, so I don't know whether uh, this um, carbon tax is going to work or not. I'm not going to argue the pros and cons on that. I do object, though, to Mr. Ford saying he's going to sue with all the money that's going to cost, and he's not going to win. And secondly, why hasn't he come up with a plan?
1: Well, uh, we just heard from Ed Fast, that's the federal conservatives, and they say uh, wait for it, they're going to come up with a comprehensive plan.
5: Yeah, but Mr. Forge had been talking about this for some time. Oh, yeah. He's he, the one that's fighting it.
1: Yeah, well, um, what he said so far is that he's going to fight it, and he's made good on that for sure.
5: Yeah, um, yeah with our money.
1: Uh, everything happens with our money, bud. Exactly. <laughs> okay, thanks right. for that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take more of your calls, but first I am going to bring in Dale Marshall, who is with the group Environmental Defense. Hi, Dale. Hi. Thanks for being with us. That's
2: no problem. I'm happy to be here, Libby.
1: Okay, so um, what's your take on on the announcement yesterday, the carbon tax and the rebate?
2: Well, I mean, it's... We're in favor of having polluters pay for their carbon emissions. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, so it's, it's, yesterday was a good day to, to, that across the country, no matter what province or what territory you're in, um, it's no longer free to pollute. Um, that is one of the solutions to uh, reducing our carbon emissions. It will help um, uh, improve the health of Canadians because climate change and the burning of fossil fuels do have impacts on our health. um, And it will make renewable energy more affordable, and that's the direction we need to be moving in. So Uh, so, overall, a polluter pay system like this um, is a step forward in terms of both a a number of issues, obviously the environment, but also health and and the economy.
1: What do you say to people who point out, I mean, how is this going to change behavior if it costs you more to buy fossil fuels, and you get all that money back, how is that an incentive to change your behavior?
2: Well, it's an incentive to change your behavior because behavior that is lower in terms of carbon emissions is something that will be incentivized by for both businesses and individuals and households, whereas the money that's going back, it doesn't matter how much you pollute. Every, every person in these provinces that's going to be getting these, these rebate checks is going to be getting the same amount. So I mean, I heard the caller, um, you know, two callers ago saying that this is an attack on the poor. Actually, it, this, is going to be, this is going to benefit the, the, those who are in low income the most, because generally, people who have more money spend it more on things that create emissions. Like live in larger houses, have a car or more cars, um, and those who are poor don't don't can't do those things.
1: Oh, I would. And, cer- yet,
2: and yet, the money that goes back is equal. It, though both of those households, they have the same number of kids. They're going to get exactly the same check. So, so overall, eight out of ten people who live in these provinces are going to be better off, and those who are not. Are generally going to be people who are actually quite a bit wealthier than the average.
1: Again, uh, if if I believe their numbers, and it's going to cost me an extra two hundred and fifty bucks, and they send me a check for three hundred, why would I change my behavior?
2: Because you can because that additional two hundred and fifty dollars is something that you'll feel in your pocketbook, and and people may decide, you know, what the next time I buy a car, and this this has actually been proven out when. Um, by other jurisdictions. By the way, there's, there's half the world faces a carbon tax, right? Like, so 70 countries, um, half the world's population faces this. So this is a well-established policy, a measure that actually has been seen to be effective. It's been effective in BC, And why is it effective is, is when it's clear that the cost of um, these practices are going to go up, People do change their behaviour. When people hear, we're going to have an increase in carbon price, they think about buying a more fuel-efficient vehicle. They think about insulating their homes. Now, it is up to government to put into place the kinds of programs that help people do that, that allow people to buy um, a more fuel-efficient vehicle or even maybe a hybrid or electric vehicle the next time they buy one that help people to make their their businesses and their homes more fuel- more energy efficient. Um, and that's what some of the money is going to go towards. I, I, to be honest, I would actually prefer if more of the money went to that and, and less of it went to rebates for individuals. But overall, people can invest in things that will reduce their overall energy use, and they'll be better off because they're going to keep getting those rebate checks, but, um, but their energy costs are going to go down.
1: So uh, I guess the theory is that, that you can be even further ahead if you reduce your, fr- your footprint.
2: Absolutely. And, oh. and it's not just a theory. Like, um, I can point again to BC. BC put into place a carbon tax over 10 years ago, and the amount of greenhouse gases that put out from, by BC is now 7% lower than the rest of the country. And the... Uh, and the economic growth in B.C. was twice what the rest of the country was. So a carbon tax can be shown to actually reduce overall carbon pollution and we want a system that where it's not free to pollute the atmosphere and at the same time does not impede economic growth given that the areas where we're going to see economic growth are in clean technology, renewable energy and, and industries that are growing because They're becoming much more economical and because the world is moving towards action on climate change.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob.
5: Hi, how are you?
1: Fine, how are you? Not bad. Um, I spend a little bit of time uh,
5: looking at... Um, the problems on, and I'm aware that we have a problem on climate change, and then something has to be done. And nobody that's experts, they are not blaming carbon for it. They're blaming a number of other things, like somebody just said, cutting the trees down the jungles. We have to stop that, okay? And we have to stop polluting the water, but the carbon is what is feeding us. You cut the carbon down. If you notice how the trees, like my daughter has two apple trees on her lawn up in uh, Caledon. The trees uh, fell over because the apples were so many apples on the tree that the roots come out. It's the carbon. We have a lot of carbon in the air, which is what feeds us. We have no carbon. I remember watching this professor stomping, and he was doing a lecture in a university. He was pounding the pulpit, and he was saying, The carbon is causing the. And he was talking about ragweed. And the ragweed is growing 60% faster and 60% bigger than it normally would, and it's caused by the carbon. And he was right. Ragweed, yeah. But so was the lettuce, okay. so was the tomatoes, so was the corn. Look at when you get corn now. You're getting it two to three weeks earlier than you used to. Cut down the carbon. We starve to death. What do you want to do? Uh, Now, I agree. But the other thing, too, is this business of trying to cut back on gas and cut back on this. Look at how many people now drive pickup trucks and vans and SUVs. They used to drive small cars. When you tell somebody that you've got to save money and do this and do that, they react against it. I used to drive a car. I drive a truck all the time now. I don't drive a car. And so many other people do that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand why anybody would do that given the way the traffic is. Okay, Bob. Thanks for your call. We'll take one from Joan in Oshawa. Hi Joan.
6: Hi Libby. How are you today? Fine. Great. Listen, the the, the I agree with uh, Mike from from the 401. And this man that you were just speaking with he's on the line uh, yes well I disagree with him I'm going to tell you one of the reasons number one most people are not wealthy hello most people have ordinary jobs and they have to feed their families they need um they, they, they need to have uh, um what would you call it they need to have their bills paid uh they also have health issues a lot of people in canada have health issues they have to pay for medications etc et where does he think people are going to get the money from for to cut back for this carbon plan another thing is some people need trucks either for their businesses or for around their property to carry heavy loads. Well, no, and I'm not talking about the great big trucks. I'm talking about, like, the small pickup yeah, trucks they've, and they've things. They've become
1: a lot more popular lately, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I think they're just kind of a bit for show, though some people do need. things. Yes, be, and um, I agree with you on that, uh, Libby, because uh, there are men out there who yeah, think they're really macho. Exactly. Joan, thanks for your call. Okay, uh, we have to wrap up this segment. Uh, Dale, as you can see, some of our callers are skeptical. Some have... Uh, interesting theories of their own. What would you say to them about this?
2: Um, well, look, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to those who are in low and fixed income, who have trouble dealing with additional costs. I, I would just reiterate that this program is designed to return not only the money, but more money, because the, f- the fuel charges that go on to, to business and industry are going to be returned also to the, to the consumer. And so, um, you know, and in terms, of, in terms of the, you know, I understand that a lot of people who don't have a lot of money can invest, but the next time that that person buys a vehicle, would they not want to buy a vehicle that was going to use less gas? That, that means they're better off. And, and that's why carbon pricing is an important element. Colluter pay system works. But also we need regulations to make sure that if you do want to buy a pickup, at least it's a more fuel-efficient pickup, and you end up using less gas in it.
1: That's a good idea, too. (laughs) So
2: so there are are lots of ways that government programs can actually improve the health of Canadians, and this is, you know, talk talked about medication and health. Air pollution is is still an important issue in Canada, and so are the heat waves that we've been seeing and the forest fires and what that means for air pollution. Um, The climate change is not a cost-free undertaking, it costs money. And this kind of investment will mean that the health of Canadians will be better off and we will be moving in a direction that has that allows for economic prosperity at the same time as we're dealing um, with, with a very important issue that affects our future.
1: Okay. Dale Marshall, thanks so much for being with us on this. I'm happy to have called in. Thank you. Okay.